content warning for discussions of this film. There are discussions of medical horror and medical gore, as well as domestic violence, miscarriage, and rape. Hello, you're listening to episode 98 of Comic Drivers. Uh, so basically, there's a movie that came out uh, in theaters and on HBO Max at the same time called Malignant. And we decided, uh, me and my partner Allie, that we needed to provide the service of telling you all about that. Hey, Allie. Hi. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Oh, it is our anniversary. It's a, well, like our like, actual day is a 9-13, so like a, Kicks a gang, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, wash that blood <laughs> off your hands. But uh, just I forgot we had a common rider anniversary. We do have a common rider anniversary. Uh, we do have a common rider anniversary. Kaiza, I was really disappointed when it didn't say juicy. Juicy. I did also get a progress key for common rider game that said juicy, but that's separate. Uh, but no, um. So basically, uh, we were going to watch some movies because it's Friday, uh, and I'm not a huge horror fan, personally, unless it's like a slasher or monster movie, really. Like, I like those kind of stuff. And you like more ghosty stuff, more like stuff, right, Allie? Yeah, I like The Conjuring and Insidious and that kind of stuff, which is why I thought that this movie was going to be a me movie, because it's by James Wan, who did those, and it turned out to be a you movie. <laughs> Recently, Common Riders for me had a week where we recorded a bunch of bonus episodes, but our main episode got derailed. So I was like, "Oh, at some point, we'll make it up and have an extra mainline numbered episode," which is why this is episode ninety-eight. Uh, because uh, there's heavy spoilers for a movie that just came out. It's available on HBO Max. Or in theaters. I really recommend it personally. Yeah, like don't listen to this if you haven't watched the movie. Yeah, like go watch that movie, or maybe this might make you want to watch it. But um, th- this is full spoilers, full talk, full just wow. There's a lot of weird stuff going on about it. Don't be spoiled for it if you're gonna see. It. If you're not gonna see it, be spoiled for it because it'll make you see it. But uh, just we just really uh are excited to tell you about this one. It's a good time all around, just not the good time we were expecting. Yeah, uh, so without any spoilers, Allie, um, can you define what Toku is? Practical effects. Okay, fair enough. I'm uh, right. Y- y- that is enough of a definition for me. Okay. Who drinks the pocket Red Bull? And um, so, <laughs> let's get into this first um thank you for coming on uh on such short notice as soon as you said you wanted to be on the episode we uh we were recording oh is this my this is my first real episode if you're saying this is a real episode um 
technically 82 that's now episode zero oh, of okay. in the moon so like but yes this is your first real non sailor moon episode how only you can come on this show <laughs> uh on accident on accident yeah uh you might be on like a again too because uh we're doing we might be doing in episode 99 um me and steph are gonna narrow down from two picks to one for our fall show and hey bat like thing come out of kiva is in that list evil bat like thing lend me your power yeah i just have like all these he actually says that right because i've been saying that for like nine years now and if he doesn't actually say that our relationship is built on a lie okay so Back on Vho, not Vimeo, not Vivo. It, it was like a weird streaming service that's maybe not around anymore. I'm not sure. It's not popular. Back in like maybe 2009, I made a MV for Common Rider that had clips from like um Rider Kiva, Kabuto, Fies, and like Deno and stuff. And um I showed you this like a couple of years ago. And then I also showed you um, a clip from Comrade Kiva where that line came up. That line will come up eventually, but uh, you might have to wait for it to, to, show, to show up in the series. As long as it's real. It's real. Um, so, <laughs> back to this, though. Uh, what did you... Why did you want to watch this movie with me <laughs> for our anniversary? Okay, so... Or just in general, I guess. Well, in general, I hadn't heard about this until two weeks ago, three weeks ago, when I was on vacation and the motel we were staying at had cable, and we don't have cable. So I got to watch commercials, and commercials are my favorite. And that was how I saw a trailer for this. The trailer for this is... Don't watch the trailer and think, oh, this is a James Wan movie. This is about an imaginary friend. I get where this is going. This is going to be so much fun. It's going to be like insidious or the conjuring because you'll really, you'll immediately realize that you're wrong as soon as you start watching this and be learned that it is not the time that you thought it was going to be. But I, so I thought that it was just going to be a new fun James Wan movie and I was very excited to watch it. And then if it hadn't come out today, you probably would have been excused from watching it. And I probably wouldn't have finished it after the first five minutes. But <laughs> our... No, you would have, because you would have told me about it. Like, oh, let's go watch that <laughs> shit right now. Let's go it, right there. That's fair, but I wouldn't have... I would have, If it hadn't come out this weekend, I would have started it on my own and probably tried to do not finish it and then told you about it and we would have ended up in the exact same place. But in our long and sordid history, we don't have an official anniversary date so our around the time of our first anniversary i wanted an official anniversary date and the second insidious movie was coming out on friday the 13th which the 13th of september was close enough to our anniversary that we decided that was our official date so that it could be our official date movie to go see so it was fitting that this one was also for our anniversary even though it wasn't what i thought it was yeah um uh, i'm kind of like not the biggest fan of like the conjuring and like 
insidious. Like I'm just kind of like, uh, like I tend to like be bored or like not like them or like there's like certain things like the ter- like the name being malignant made me think it was kind of be like a medical horror movie and like I'd recently seen like a trailer for uh the movie Unearth, which was like a racking themed movie that was like really gross about like people that got like pustules and stuff. I was like, I don't want to see like 30 seconds of it. And I didn't realize until today how traumatized you were by those 30 seconds of what that trailer. I watched it on my own time. I thought, I know we watched it last weekend when we fell down that rabbit hole when we learned about Aurora tea garden. Fair enough. But (laughs) regardless, it was just kind of like a whole thing where I was like, uh, I just don't like certain kinds of body horror or like torture porter gore. Like if it's like, Oh my god, like like this guy has like a bunch of like stuff coming out of his chest. That's fun. But like if it's like stuff that could happen, I'm kind of like, ah, I don't know. That's just me though. Um so keep going, baby. Um like you'd seen like a trailer for this. Yes. So I saw a trailer for it. To me, it looked like it was going to be like kind of your stereotypical lifetime plots of the little girl somehow traumatized, had an imaginary friend growing up to somehow related to the trauma. And it either she powered it enough that it became a spirit or it had been a spirit the entire time, whatever. I thought it was going to be more along those lines of paranormal, supernatural. That she had schizophrenia and made a tornado. <laughs> or something like that, yes. Apartment 143 or 413, it was called something like Sinestro or like embargo embargo it was like this weird like ghost hunter movie that like what happened was the scientists were like um there's actually nothing paranormal your daughter has schizophrenia go give her a hug and then like they go to the daughter's room and she has like a tornado coming out of her please go watch this movie it's it's not worth it but it's it's an experience yeah we've seen it twice now (laughs) it's one of those movies where like we always reference it because it's like oh it's like the boss baby effect where it's like, oh, like that tweet of that guy like who's only seen the boss baby, like watching like a second movie, be like, oh, like I really getting boss baby vibes from this. Uh but yeah. No idea what that means. Okay. It's the boss baby syndrome. Um it's called Emergo. Yes. I was close. <laughs> yeah, you were. Uh, I was closer than you. Yes, you were. But so um Emergo movie. How do I find that? the right name then um 143 slash emergo yeah so then at the end of that movie there's also like a scene like after they go to the hospital for this schizophrenia tornadoes like you see a ghost <laughs> so good uh but yeah um i thought that was what this would be and that's boring to me honestly All right so we both we both had the same assumption of what this movie would be i was super pumped about it you were less so like, I thought it was going to be something like, oh, no, um, you have a some kind of, like, malignant tumor that because of ghosts. And it would just be kind of, uh, you know. Um, so the trailers had this, like, um, the like official trailer on YouTube is like, um, on September 10th, every kill brings them closer to you, which isn't really anything that tells you nothing. Um, and then, like, on, like, HBO next. Um, the um, description is like so. 
I've been listening to the Deadlock Pro Wrestling podcast, and they, whenever they hear the name Madison, they make horse sounds like based off like a joke from TNA from like 2008. So I have to like not go like, Arr! but like um, so uh, Madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders, and her torment and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are in fact terrifying reality. That's the most nothing synopsis for like that one of these movies. Any horror movie, and like the whole like um, the art is like a horrified woman's face. It's all like red tinged, and then there's like a blade coming down like into her eye. And it's like oh, could be anything, you know. Uh, so yeah. With that, we're full on in spoiler territory. Beyond just saying that it's not what you think it is, I guess, and saying all these things it's not. Um. I personally call Toku live action special effects with a focus on just making the use of what you have physically there. Um, and I think this counts, but could you please tell me, um, babe, could you, the plot of this movie, a full detailed scene by scene synopsis? Okay, let's go. Um, okay, opening. The opening, it's like the early 90s, and it's some weird hospital outside of Seattle. If you've seen like the ghost hotel movie or like Tower of Terror, it's like that. Um, and there's this British lady doctor. Yeah, Dr. Weaver. And she is talking into the camera about one of her patients slash experiments. You immediately kind of get experiment vibes. Mm-hmm. And about how he's a problem. He's getting stronger and stronger. They can't control him anymore. And they, she refers to him as Gabriel, which from the trailers, I know slash think is the main character's imaginary friend. Yeah. So she goes to go check out Gabriel because bad shit's happening. And, and JR's there. <laughs> he didn't look that much like JR. He's like, hmm. Uh, like scalded dog. He's running around. <laughs> Total slobber docker out here. He's tougher than a two hour steak and he's killed seven people. <laughs> Where did I go? Just like kissing your sister. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Um, so they go to go check on what's up with Gabriel and Gabriel's busy killing everybody else mm-hmm. at the hospital. Um, and they strap him into a chair. And the main thing that you see, you don't see Gabriel, only see Gabriel's feet in fuzzy frog socks. I think they had frog socks. Cats or frogs, something like that, but it doesn't matter. So, then that brings us into... Oh, and then the last thing you hear is her saying that we need it's time to cut the cancer out. Well, because, like, electricity is going weird, and they strap Gabriel to what is implied to be, like, an electric chair, I think. That was my assumption, too. It literally never brings that up again or talks about it or specifies that. Because, like, they're, like, electroshocking him, but it's not working, so he's in this chair. Like, you see, like, through, like, a film, like, a sheet, like you would have in, like, a medical place, I guess. Like, it's, like, clouded. And, like, it's just, like, Gabriel's, like, talking through the radio, like, I'm gonna kill you or something like that, right? Which, like, that was the coolest part. So, to me, at this point... I'm extremely disappointed. <laughs> this is incredibly not what I wanted. This is checking right one, off I think. the bat. 
because like we see this like you you see this like very clearly like creature feature child and you're like okay what's going on here and my first thought was like okay right you're getting pumped and i'm like oh this is not this is not the movie i wanted it to be and i was really upset and the only good thing from that whole first five minutes was the him using electricity and his brain waves to talk through the radio or whatever because i was like oh at least that's creepy because like he totally does like um <clears throat> look like kwatu from like um total recall uh like it's like a good effect it's a very classic effect it's one we haven't seen for years it feels like in like cinema so uh, yeah keep going so then that brings us into the opening credits which are much more medical horror based than I was expecting. They were kind of honestly reminded me of like an American horror story opening credits where it like flashes between the different images and whatever, but they're all medical based and pretty much immediately we're like, huh, twins. This is about twins eating up in uterus. Yeah. Like twin eating in the uterus where they could be only that. Like just based off of those credits, we were immediately like, "Oh, okay, this is what's up." I'm surprised there weren't like scenes of like flashlights going through jars of fetuses in them or like other organs. You know? Yeah, I mean, it was more subtle than that, but it wasn't subtle. that much more subtle. <laughs> Barely. So, so that was the early '90s, and now we flash to present day. Although it does not look like present day, <laughs> the lighting is not present day. The haircuts are not present day. The car is not present day. The only thing that's present day is she's wearing like a knockoff Apple Watch. Really interesting because uh, we immediately thought, oh, it's still the 90s. Because like, you know how like sometimes actors, like especially like um, like when they're like a woman like playing like somebody like from the past, they'll have like that weird kind of like boxy head thing going on, the boxy bang thing going on. It's like a It'd just past- be a bad haircut. Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay, so we cut to the scary house, and this lady is getting out of her car. She is in scrubs, coming home from her nurse job, very pregnant. This was not in any of the trailers. Not in any of the trailers. Um, So she goes, walks through the house, goes up to the nursery, and is clearly excited about baby. Then goes into the bedroom where her husband is laying on the bed watching UFC? UFC? Yeah. Derek. Was his name? Yeah, I didn't know he had a name. They say it like four times, but yeah. Um, Derek does a lot for the little bit that he... We need to, did. like, step in here and take our time. Like, this is like, when, like, you go in, like, a detective vision or, like, when, like, Sherlock goes into, like, his mind palace in, like, a crime scene. So... so yeah. <laughs> you can go. No, so she is home because she was woozy or weak. And wants to rest. The baby was taking a lot out of her. She gets some Tylenol. She's trying to find some Tylenol because she can't have aspirin, I guess. And then, like, he's mad at her for being home or for, like, being weak. And, like, he says something like, you wouldn't be weak if you weren't pregnant. Like, why do you keep doing this as if he's not a part of that equation? And, like, why do you keep killing my baby? He's like, well, our first thought was, dude, if she's having miscarriages. We later find out that this is like her third or fourth one. Like, I think her fourth. Yeah, she in had two three years. before this. In, yeah, in two years, and she's like six months pregnant. So that's a lot of, that's a that's lot rough. of time. That's very rough on you. But like, he could also like not like come inside her. You if know? this is something that's gonna upset you, you should skip 
past the first like 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. It's not really super like she's upset about it later, but it's not super relevant to the plot later. But like this scene in particular could be really triggering if you have anything around miscarriages or domestic violence or anything like that. This is rough. So, yeah, like he didn't need to have sex with her in a way where she got pregnant four times, you know? Yeah, and he's all like, you're tearing me apart! Lisa? About the- <laughs> I make that joke right now, but that's, like, that was the vibe. Yeah, he's mad at her because this is the fourth time she's been six months pregnant, or whatever, in two years, which is an accomplishment. But, like, he makes it about him. Well, he denies, like, he does not have any accountability for the situation, but also implies that the miscarriages are hurting him and not her. We've mentioned how it's like a whole thing where like, um, how do we do this? Um, she's like, her house is old and like, it looks like it from the 70s. So she's coming into him and like, the lighting is like lighting you would use for like a flashback that like you're doing subtly. Like, and um, it's just so odd he's like on his phone watching UFC and then like she's got like her like Apple watch while they're having this conversation so it's so we were so disoriented at this point you know Uh, and they fight because she's had miscarriages yeah he's being an asshole she almost calls him out on it and she like shoves him so he like hardcore pushes her into the wall and she like bashes her head open is bleeding from the head. There's no way the baby is not impacted by this. Yeah, like she like turned the TV off and asked him to go downstairs basically. And he like got heated. It was not. At this point we're like, okay, what is going on cuz we saw like we knew the connection, but also we were just like, what? <laughs> There's so many themes. And there was also like one moment of him in the trailer which was like a fair ratio for how much he's in the movie, but like not enough to imply that he was going to be this upsetting. Yeah, he goes to get to get ice then, right? Yeah, so he leaves to go get her ice. It's all like, baby, I'm sorry, I'm not drink. I stopped drinking. I'm trying to get better. I just get so mad. I'm gonna go get you ice, and she locks him out. Which, like, yes, good on her, but also maybe don't be alone with a bleeding head injury and pregnant. Yeah. And uh, then go to sleep when you probably have a concussion at the very least. And like when she wakes up, there's blood all over the pillow and the whole time we're like, your head's bleeding. Do something. Which comes up later. But yeah. Uh, then what happens that night, babe? So we cut to him sleeping on the couch. He wakes up because there's a weird noise in the kitchen. So he gets up and goes to and checks it out. And the blender is going off for no reason. So he turns off the blender. He's kind of just like, huh, that's weird. But not as concerned as I feel like he should be. And then he turns around and the fridge is wide open. So he goes over and closes the fridge. And then he's like, and then the TV turns on. So he goes over to go see what's going on in the TV. He's standing in the doorway between the kitchen and the living room. And there is a scary, a scary, there is a scary in the corner yeah. to attack him. And like at this point, like it's very much like, okay, there's some kind of ghost that can get physical 
I could control like electricity and like radio waves and something. We don't really know, but it's like okay, there's a lot of powers going on and abilities to like just like randomly like appear and beat people up and have like that power. But yeah, um, and that that figure kills him, right? Yeah. So the figure kills him. She wakes up upstairs, freaking out because she was dreaming this. Yes. Goes downstairs and finds his dead body. And also sees the entity and gets chased. Yes. Back and up to her, the bathroom. Worth noting that when she gets chased, she like um is actually going up the stairs on her hand. Catch that. You're right. I think I was too distracted by the house. At this point, we're like, is this a secretly a period piece? Because it says it's present day, but it could be lying. I don't know. Yes, you were very you were very stuck on the time period for a minute. Yeah. Um, and then she locks herself in the bed. So we cut to the cops coming. Yeah, because like it gets like knocked open and she gets like sent to the hospital. Yeah, and they're like, oh, the neighbors heard her screaming, which in all of the shots up until now that we've seen at the house, there's it's secluded. There are no neighbors. I don't know where these neighbors came from. In later shots of the house, like you can see the neighbors. But it really didn't look like they were anywhere near any other people. Yeah, it was oddly framed. So we are introduced to the cops. Yes. <laughs> there is um, Detective Not Wanda Sykes and, and Detective Quinoa. I liked them. Like a cab. But I liked them. I was immediately invested because he was cute. And there was a cute forensics girl that the other cop called. Miss Lonely Hearts or something. And I was like, oh, these are my new favorites. Like, it's like, oh, if there's a cute cop, there's going to be somebody who's like really thirsty for him. She was like, she was like a cheap knockoff of the cute forensic girl from Lucifer. Yeah, totally. Uh, like, they're all cheap knockoffs, just like another one. They're but... very cheap knockoffs. So, every other cop. Detective okay. Kiko Shaw. Kiko? Okay. Okay. Oh, uh, Shaw. Um, is like the young hot shot dude, and and Detective Moss is his partner. Who's like an older, like black woman, and is more like no nonsense, but also very like very lollipop. Yeah, like her trait is that like she's no nonsense, and also she like eats sometimes when they're on the job, like on like a crime scene. Like she'll have like a lollipop or something. She's like, okay, that's a character, I guess. It was uh, enough to get me invested. Yeah. Um. Okay, so Madison wakes up. Oh, have we said that she has a name? Her name's Madison. Um, we find this out like an hour in, I feel like. So Madison wakes up in the hospital. Her sister Sydney's there. Um, She lost the baby. So she's really upset about that and basically gets catatonic for two days. Which, fair. Um. So then when... Detective Shaw shows up to question her. She's still unresponsive. And um, Sydney is coming in dressed like a princess because she works at a family, family place. place where you dress like a princess. She's like a party princess, but like at a place, not like going parties. Yeah. And like it's implied that she's like struggling actually with something that um, never really comes up. So she tells the detective that. She doesn't really know anything because her sister was Madison was basically kept away from her 
um, by the husband. The detective is the one that tells her that Madison's had three miscarriages in two years. Um, so it's kind of open and shut as far as like she was being abused, but and like this guy's been killed, but like it's not sure how because like a, he got like hit by a car or something, right? Well, no, they were like, oh, this is freaking weird. Like the handprints on his throat are upside down. Like the perp was hanging from the ceiling. Which makes sense with what like we've seen as a viewer and also like, okay, they they say it was like a home invasion, right? Yeah, they think it was a home invasion. So then we cut to the underground. Yes. So there is this other lady that does look enough like Madison that I was a little bit confused for a second. Yeah, that, that's for true. And she is doing a guided tour of the Seattle underground and she's wrapping up for the night and is turning off the lights and whatever and spooky shit starts happening. Like M- Madison and this woman both are like weirdly looking about their age in a way where you're not sure like who's 40, who's 30, who's 50 kind of. They're like pretty plain brunettes of no discernible age. Yeah. And so she gets attacked by the spooky figure who it's a cool design. So at this point, I still was not bought into the movie, but I could respect that the cinematography was great and the character design was really cool for the bad guy. He's kind of like, he kind of reminded me of the bad guy from Sinister, which immediately made me scared because I'm terrified of Sinister. He had like that scary black long hair in the face. Um, but besides that, all you see is like the really cool black cloak and black gloves. Yeah, like not like a straight jacket, but like a strappy black jacket. I'm not sure what they're called, but like they must have like a name. Like, yeah. Um, so he attacks her. But doesn't kill her. But doesn't kill her. Takes her hostage and tells her that he's been waiting for this. But not yet. First, the doctor. And then it's the doctor. Um, so then Maddie is back home. She's moving back into the house two weeks later. And the sister's like, I should stay with you, whatever, whatever. And Maddie's like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to put deadbolts on the doors and lock everybody out. Because she has like a nighttime scare where like she like has a door open that she can't explain how. So she just like decides to hide basically and lock her house up. So she's pretending to be okay and is just going about her life in her house that is way too big for just her. And um, she is doing laundry with her laundry hamper that says laundry on it. So you know that she's going to go do laundry. Hmm? Don't make <laughs> She goes to um, put the laundry in the washing machine. And then she's like on the floor, can't move. Like Silent Hill, the room reconstruction. Mamaru's migraines when he doesn't know he's turning into tuxedo mask. I mean, so like, it's worth noting that this movie is actually shot very well. There's shots of like, from inside the washing machine of like her putting stuff in like the washer, that kind of stuff. And like, um, they show like the reflection of like what the killer is seeing in like the like door of the like washing machine too. So like, before we even see like the room that she's in like materialize into the one of the killer and we we also see like oh she's like seeing shit active 
Yep. They do like this really cool top down dollhouse view of the house with her running up the stairs and it's it's gorgeous. And I still like I was invested in the filming, if not anything else at this point. And at this point, I'm like, this really sucks. Like the story doesn't make any sense for a James Wan movie. I'm really upset about this. But it looks like a James Wan movie and that's enough to make me keep watching it. I was invested how dumb it was. You were pumped. You just kept getting more excited by the minute. It was great to have you excited for this. Yeah, like that, like, um, like one like meme of like sick perverts. Like I was like that like sick pervert. Like, yes. I don't I don't know about that meme. It's like, oh, like it's like sickos or whatever. Like, yes, yes. Um do more <laughs> weird killings. So she's Silent Hill glitching out watching this murder happen. So we cut to this cute little cottagey house and <laughs> what? We have to describe this in detail how this happened. You're right. I thought it was important. No, like I'm just laughing because I remember what <laughs> oh, happened. You're excited. So we yeah. cut to this cute little cottagey house. It's like picturesque and there's a bunch of flowers outside and it's adorable. You pan into the house and the doctor lady is sitting at her desk and she's looking at an old file and you see all of her trophies uh-huh. her excellence and merit and whatever. Including one that's like the whole like what's it called? Like the like snake in the like blade thing, you know? Is it a snake? I thought it was like laurels. It's like the Oh, it's a stink, and it's a, the, the, I don't know, but it doesn't know. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who could say? Um, but yes, there is a very clear, clear prop sitting on the shelf that must have meaning. It's like a spearhead that has like a laurel or like snake around it. Like you would see it and be like, oh, that, that's medical. But this is like oddly sturdy and large and sharp. Oh, you're thinking about the Hippocratic Oath, Apollo wand and snake thing. That wasn't what it was? I thought it was like your traditional trophy spear. (laughs) What makes more sense? She's a doctor. (laughs) No, that's right. That's that's for true. For true, yeah. (laughs) That's for true. But like, she's not just like looking at an old case file. She gets a call from an unknown number with a mysterious, like, radio electric power voice. And the first thing it says is, it's time to cut the cancer out. And she's like, who is this? Who could this be? (laughs) What could this have anything to do with me? Which I was like, okay, I need this to be like a series about this woman who's done this so many times. She's just like, oh, this is normal. I've cut so many people up and called them cancer. that I don't even know who could be hauling me. It's fine. Not a problem. Barely an inconvenience. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then is that when he shows up? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's when he shows up. And it she's takes still like, her a minute. Huh? Yeah. Who? What? Who are you? Why is this happening to me? And he takes the trophy. And I was impressed that he doesn't stab her with it. He bludgeons her with the base. At this point, there's so much blood that it's just like, oh, okay. This is like not for like the subdued A24 horror fans it's for like horror fans it's you the know? fun like giggle squish kind of gore yeah this is like back when like werewolves were men <laughs> but also wolves not puppies not puppies 
Thank you. You know what I mean. <laughs> that was what you were implying, right? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he bludgeons her to death. He bludgeons her to death with the base of it, but takes the pointy end with him. And, like, takes it to, like, his workshop where the woman's tied up and stuff and tells her not to leave and, like, turns it into, like, a knife. It's very cool, honestly. I'm starting to get bought into it at this point just because <laughs> that part was cool. It was obvious and dumb, and I loved every moment of it. It was very much like the, like, let's take, like, the, like, Justice's Blind statue and make somebody, like, have it follow them or something. <laughs> like, dumb imagery. Okay, so then the cops are investigating that. And they're like, oh, hmm, we got to find this other half of the statue. And Maddie is freaking out to Sydney because she saw the murder <laughs> happen. And so she's super upset about it. Does anything else happen at that point? Uh, JR gets killed then. Oh, so then she has another vision of a man in an apartment. And he's coming home. And he's getting ready for bed. And then his window is mysteriously open. He's, he's the like, man that was with the doctor in the 90s. And he's like, oh, huh, this is weird. There's all these, this rain coming in from the window. And there's these footprints going into my closet. Let me go into my closet. So he goes into the closet. And it's like very, it's probably the tensest moment of the film. So yeah. I feel like at this point, we're still like, there's no tension in this movie, which there really isn't any tension. He's just in this like, movie. by God, I need to tell. Like, this is the most like traditionally tense horror movie moment of the film. Because there's like recurring red light, and like he's also his apartment is over like a red light sign that goes in. So like, there's false red light in this. And scene. you keep like waiting for him, the um, for Gabriel to like jump out of the closet and jump. Like you're, we're just sitting there, like. Is he coming from the side? Is he coming from the ceiling? What angle is Gabriel going to come in from? Um, Including the scene of like his feet on the ground with a shot under the bed and like his feet in the red light. It's like, oh, it's like his Achilles tendons are like going to like, get cut. You and know? that's a rough one for you. That's one. As a tallman, I don't like to see people get cut in the like Achilles tendon. I was really stressed for you because I knew you were going to be really upset when it happened. And then. It didn't happen, which was kind of worse because at least if it had happened, there would have been that moment of catharsis where it's like, oh, yep, we were right. We knew what was going on and then it didn't happen. It was like just like this edged anticipation. Yeah. Which was great. We were pumped about it. <laughs> um, But then he still comes at the guy. Um, Well, first it transitions back to... Maddie and she's sleeping in the bed and she rolls over and like opens her eyes back up into this is what she's seeing in the guy's apartment and she's like laying in bed with him as Gabriel kills him with the um stabby trophy knife and you see that as Gabriel's killing him he's like kneeling over him but his feet are backward so like if his head is facing him as Dabbing him to death, his feet are facing the other direction. And you also see his face fucked up. Right. So Maddie sees his face, which is all fucked up and bulbous and scarred up. And um, later, when she gets a police drawing of it, they're like, oh, this is just lost. 
like the way that like movies tend to over exaggerate actual conditions of people to make like the weird like caricatures of like sickness. This is definitely that. It's it's rough. It's like uh, it could be extremely harmful but for us. We definitely took it as a level of camp, and we're just enjoying the fact that this was a major release for the week of like the box office, and it was like camp in a way that it it's surprising that it got to be honestly but like it is probably upsetting too it's one of those things where like if you're a horror fan you kind of have to it's one of the things that you have to accept in horror as a genre is going to be problematic not in a way where like you're um desensitized to it but kind of in a way where you can separate the ones that are using a problematic trope and the ones that are Using it problematically, if that makes sense. Not in a way that excuses. This movie definitely dances on that, but also it does feel like it's dancing on that with a uh, like glee from childhood from things that were maybe doing it mean spiritually. Like, like there's definitely a lot in this movie where it's like, okay, maybe it's just that I am not affected or like a party in a way, but also it's just kind of fun. At this point, have you looked this movie up? I think this is around the time that I look it up to see people being like, James Wan's ends justify the means. Like, it's a masterpiece. Like, other weird stuff. Like, okay. Well, it's such a weird... This movie has mixed reviews, I'm gonna say. But it's definitely like half people being like, oh, it's like a campy return. Oh, this is like awesome as hell. And oh, this is fucking shit. But once you Googled it and like saw those reviews, we got so much more invested in this movie and we were excited to see what was going to happen and how for a movie where like we felt like A made very little sense story wise, but B, we also thought we had kind of figured out what was going on based on the opening credits. We were excited to have a twist. Like we were hoping for like a Serenity-esque twist. Yes. We Which we didn't get, but we were still we were still happy about like the reviews definitely made it sound like more of a swerve than we maybe got but also like we were kind of like waiting for like it to be an allegory or be about covid yeah, we were like okay three shots of a like it's like a like secret like covid movie um but yeah so at this point she's just witnessed the second death her and Sydney go and talk to the cops about it and of course the cops are like this is bullshit Bathroom. Like this and Sydney's like, no, cops totally use psychics to help them. That's a thing. And they're like, no, it's not. At this point, like a uh, detective like Kiko and the sister are like flirting and stuff. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, like it's being nice. Um, but so because he has a soft spot for the sister, and she's like, No, just go check it out. Just go check it out. If we're wrong, then you can send Maddie to an insane asylum and lock me up for whatever. I think she handcuff her, but that's a different movie. And also, um, there's a scene where like the files from the doctor's house got taken in and they found like a bunch of like stuff, including like a picture of like this girl, like Emily and detective Kiko, like gets that like, um, aged up to like now and like 
reads like a case file and stuff and like finds like some like USBs. I was like, oh, okay. Right. And she's this little brunette girl and he goes and specifically asks for her to get aged up. So you think that means that he's suspicious, but apparently no, he didn't put two and two together and he wasn't asking for it because he thought that Emily could be Madison. Yeah, you think that one plus one equals two, but sometimes two sometimes equals one. Um, but yeah. So they go, um, so Maddie and Emily, not Emily, Maddie and um, Sydney convince them to go check out the apartment building where Maddie says she saw the murder in her dream. They and go. They find it. Check it out. Find the dead body. So, yep, that pretty much makes Maddie suspicious. But they go back to the police station and she's all freaked out. And she's like, I need to go to the bathroom and wash my face or whatever. And so she's splashing cold water on her face in the bathroom and gets a phone call from an unknown number. And she picks it up and Gabriel. Gabriel. <coughs> and she, Gabriel is acting like she should know who he is. And she is acting like she has no idea who, she, who he is. But as he's like, I'm going to go kill all of them, whatever, whatever. He's like, Gabriel, no. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. I knew you remembered me. That's the first time we hear his name since the beginning where they're talking about him. So it's like, oh, if you didn't know, you would connect. If you didn't know this was Gabriel, you should now. Um, But she doesn't tell the cops. She just goes and gets Sydney, who's busy flirting with the detective. And is like, we got to go. And as they're walking out, the guy that had aged up the picture for the detective is like, oh, didn't you see the picture? I left it on your desk. I thought that was why you brought her in. And so he looks at the picture and, oh, look, Emily is Maddie. Who could have thunk it? Then she goes home and she has another vision of another doctor that we didn't see yet that was there, but one that he saw in his file. Um, She has a vision of him being killed in the bath, but Detective Koa gets there by himself from his own reason. And what what happens from there, honey? <laughs> so Gabriel is killing the, the other doctor and the detective shows up and comes in and he shoots Gabriel. Gabriel seems unbothered by this. I think and he misses. I think he hit him and it just didn't matter because but like strength. So Gabriel is like super strong, has like l- electricity interference powers but also like he's fighting like a splicer from bioshock like just like jumping up and down like doing gun kata like like they like have like a long drawn out like hand-to-hand scene of like the detective trying to shoot him and like dodges knife and him trying to like knife the detective and it's like turns into like a parkour chase scene out of like star wars or something i don't know and gabriel's like doing all these Flips and shit down the fire escapes, like various fire escapes going all the way down the building. And the detective's like running, but also kind of like, I can't catch up. But not calling for backup or anything. Didn't bring backup in the first place. Is not calling for backup now that there is a murderer and a murderer that he is in pursuit of. And then like jumps off the building to catch up and seems fine afterwards. I really thought he broke a rib. He just had a couple space afterwards. And like runs down like an alleyway and then like. Gabriel like goes through like a window into like a basement and the detective falls and we're like you have a gun don't go in a can don't go into like enclosed underground space with a weird spider knife pervert like what are you doing like you just say you saw them but go and we definitely 
see more of the fact that Gabriel seems to be kind of like, especially when he's doing flips and crawling and shit, he's kind of crawling on his back, like a, like doing like a crab crawl or yeah, like, like the exorcist, something yeah. like that. Like looks like a spider slicer um, from Bioshock. And at this point, we're like, oh, this should be a video game. This has to be a video game. This is designed like a video game. And it also reminds us of that video game movie. Yeah, like not like game over, but like something. Was like, it game over? Might have been game over. Die in the game. You die in real life. Die in the game. Die real life. I'm gonna find Elizabeth this. the Bathory. That's question mark. No. Yes. Oh. Uh, you die in the game. You die in real life. I can't find this. Uh, stay alive. Yes, yeah, stay alive. 2006. 2006 is. Let's read this cast list really quick. It was that recent? Frankie Muniz. Oh, Frankie Muniz. That makes more sense. Milo McKinley. Sophia Bush, right? Adam Goldberg. Yeah. So, um, worth noting, too, that, like, um... Also a great movie. Yeah, great movie. Also, maybe not as Toku, but I'll make it work. It could be. Could be. Uh, so, at this point, like, <laughs> we also think that, like, the layer where, like, the woman is in, because, like, after he finished the knife, like Gabriel told the woman, don't fucking try to leave. We think that, like, this is in the underground. Like, that's, like, what the room looks like. And, the, like, we're like, oh, like, Gabriel's going back to his lair, basically, because he got shot at or, like, dinged slightly. But no, just, like, running through the underground kicks, like, the ground, like a wall piece and makes an opening. And the detective follows him. And we're like, detective. You've got to stop it. This is a knife spider, and you're a, like, gun twink. Stop this. <laughs> so then the part of the underground that he comes out in is, like, some random part of the underground full of horse-drawn carriages, minus the horses. Yeah, they were let go. Um, And he's, so he's, like, looking uh, around trying to COVID. figure out where the... De- <laughs> where the de- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, like, it's a whole metaphor, like, oh... They built the city one story higher to not be flooded. Like, it's a metaphor, but it's like, it's not even worth talking about. But, yeah. Um, and then Gabriel's like laying on top of the carriage Carried. and attacks him or something. But I don't know. Somehow that gets resolved. The fight ends and the detective is okay. Like, leaping, parkouring like a video game up into the ceiling. So just up. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, <laughs> meanwhile, what meanwhile, Maddie and Sydney go home, yeah, to their mom. Oh, we forgot a very important part after confessing to Sydney about the first time that she saw Gabriel killing the doctor lady, she tells Sydney how much she's always wanted a blood relation. And that she was adopted when she was eight. And Sydney didn't know that. And Sydney didn't know because she hadn't been. Yeah. Um, so they go to home to Sydney's mom slash Maddie's adopted mom. And the home movies. she's like, what the fuck's going on? Did I have a sibling growing up or something? Like, who the fuck is Gabriel? And the mom's like, Gabriel, oh no. And shows them a, a home movie that was like split between, um, Maddie's eighth or ninth birthday and Christmas of that year. Um, the mom is visibly pregnant during this time. 
though Sydney's like about to be born. Um, at Maddie's birthday, she's talking to Gabriel, and it's like clearly suspicious. Um, but also, this is one of those times where, if it was what I had thought it was, and it was one of those movies where the kid is like, it's a fucked up little kid who has a fucked up imaginary friend that's secretly a ghost or a murderer or whatever. I feel like usually I get mad at the parents. In this case, the way she's reacting, it's pretty clear. Like, it's completely understandable that the parents are like, oh, we just adopted this traumatized eight-year-old. And also now we're bringing a baby into the home. Of course, she's going to be acting out and regressing and being threatened by the baby. Because I think they knew that she'd been in the, like, Simeon hospital, which is, like, for kids that have certain, like, concerns and need certain help and, like, might be traumatized. But they'd been told that her mom had died during birth. And worth noting, actually, um, I just saw this, but but basically, um, James Wan wanted to direct the film based off of her story alongside his wife. Um, his wife is the forensics girl. Oh, for real? The cute little forensics girl? Yeah, that's good for James him. Wan's wife. Good for them. Good for everyone involved. That's your favorite when there are people Mary's who do something. Thing. Not that James Wan's the movie at all, but... <laughs> Um, um, and then they meet like a like hypnotist. Yeah, so the cops bring in a hypnotist to try to figure out what's going on and why um Maddie remembers Gabriel. And so the hypnotist tries to do like bring back her repressed memories or whatever. And we get more flashbacks. And we get another flashback of Maddie trying to explain how Gabriel like did all this bad stuff and nobody would believe her that when bad things happen to Gabriel and not her and how Gabriel smudged the frosting on her mom's cake that like the mom had made a cake that said like welcome home baby girl or something because she was about to give birth and the smudge (laughs) you gotta say it so the cake Hills like white elephants. We all know the various things that we call a pregnant woman's stomach. Um, kind of, kind of looks like a cake too. Uh, and the smudge on the cake was just smudging the frosting, honestly. So it's not that big a deal. Right, it was not that big of a deal. <laughs> but there's like a smudge on the cake from Gabriel that just looks that looks like a C-section, honestly, which is ominous, but gets her in trouble. And so like she gets onto yeah. her room where she's talking on her cool light up phone. Her cool light up phone rings by itself. And she starts talking to Gabriel in it. And you don't hear his side of the conversation, just her side. But obviously, it's highly suspicious. And she's like, oh, a surprise? A good surprise? And I'm, like, sitting here screaming, like, no. Like, your scary, disembodied voice is never going to give you a good surprise, honey. But so he tells her to go get a knife and cut the cake and bring her mom a slice. Except for she wakes up from like the fugue state as she's standing over her mom's pregnant belly with the knife about to cut open the baby. Um, so when she comes out, she's screaming at this point and like present day screaming and everybody's like, Oh my God, get her out of the hypnotic state, whatever, whatever. So the doctor pulls her out and her and Sydney have this moment where she's like, Gabriel wanted me to kill you because, he knew that without you, I like, 
or once you were born, I wouldn't need him anymore because I would love you so much. And this is the part where we're like, oh, shit, so this really is a metaphor for COVID. Yeah. And then the lady that was kidnapped has been waking up and, like, breaking out at this point, and she falls through the ceiling. Just flat out in the living room in the middle of where they're sitting. Because she has been up in the attic whole time. And that is how we see Madison get arrested. Um, and, like, she's like, no, it wasn't her. But up in the attic is this random lady and also Gabriel's coat and gloves and knife. So gets arrested. The lady gets sent to the hospital. Um, we see like Madison in the interrogation, and Gabriel calls and makes the license. And it's obvious that Gabriel. <laughs> yeah. How? How is Gabriel doing that though? He legit. He le- legitimately has super strength and electrokinesis powers. I know, but she's still conscious. He just doesn't. She was sitting there listening to the whole conversation. Could still do shit when she's like conscious of doing stuff for like the like electric static. I guess I just feel like at this point we're like oh like imaginary friend or like absorbed feelings, you know? Yeah, we're still thinking absorbed. The credits. Um, um and the phone call ends and the light shatter. And then they still put her in general holding with all the other women that have been arrested. While her sister goes to the mental hospital. <laughs> to try to find some records. And nothing happens to her. No, it's super creepy. Like, the drive up is super ominous. She's parked on the cliffside. It's scary. We're like, why are you going alone? Now it's All the wolves nighttime. start a howl. Like, it's like, it looks like it's about to turn into a whole other horror movie. But, and she, like, has to go down into the basement to get the records. So she finds the records for Emily. and brings them home to watch the VHS tapes with her mom. Now, this uh, this makes sense to me because only her mom probably had, like, a VHS player. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I just feel like at that point, you probably should have, like... She wanted to be away and with people. That makes some sense. Yeah. It just seemed like it was an awfully long drive to get there in the first place, so it would have been an awfully long drive to get back to her mom's. And now the movie gets good. So they're watching the tape. Um, they find one of the videos is of Maddie, who's like, oh, like Gabriel's been sedated. Right. So they can talk to Maddie because Gabriel's been sedated. And also of Maddie's mom talking about having the- how she was 15 and she had the babies. She got raped with the babies. Mom didn't want them, want her to have them because they were the devil or something. And that was why she was giving them to the hospital. And. And like the whole one with Maddie is like, oh, Madison, you might feel sedated, but we wanted to talk to you alone, blah, 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 about stuff. And then we get. We sedated Gabriel, so you might feel slightly sleepy. Oh, at this point, we're like, oh, okay. This is like, could be like a twin telepathy or could be like a scared thing. And then they finally show it. Camera pans around from the doctor lady says that she's going to wake up Gabriel now. So we go from looking at Emily. To the back of Emily's head, where there is a Voldemort. Yeah, pretty much. I was trying to think of a nice way to say it. Just a it. whole like malformed fetus face. Like it's upsetting. It's problematic. It's also like camp and like it's very like old school, like Italian and like yellow style, like stuff too. Like it's it, it's a fine line. 
you'll find it honestly yourself but just so it's like shorter arms like full like rippled kind of like musculature and like ribcage on the back and like there's like a face on the back of it it's the deformed face that's clearly the same but younger deformed and like they're talking like in the other videos but like how she attacked like an older boy it's like oh like gabriel makes me strong and that kind of stuff gabriel talks to me sometimes he talks to me in words sometimes he just puts it in his head they show an experiment where they're showing gabriel picture cards and emily is saying what's on the picture going essentially the back of her head and then we get kind of like the aftermath of like oh gabriel hurt or killed some people and like this movie loves to like have people's like arms be shattered and like have like the bone shards like coming out of their forearm like, mm-hmm. happens like four times um and they're and like the cut the cancer out is they operate and basically like remove as much as gabriel as they can like his arms his like whole like chest and skeleton but they can't split the brain because that would kill emily so they pushed what's left back into her like head, of his face into her head close up her split open skull and then start sewing everything back oh. and her mom and her sister are like fuck what's this and then she's like getting harassed and like beat up in like the like um not the locker holding room cell. holding stuff. <laughs> and like all the all these women are like weird period piece like prostitutes. They look like like that's bad to say, but they look like they've all been taken for prostitutes. Is that bad to say? I feel like it's ter- <laughs> like it's offensive to say that based off of what they look like. <laughs> and Zoe Bell's one of them, I guess. Who, it's fine. Um, but no, yes, like a bunch of people that like look one of them like, is wearing my favorite Target jacket that I wear all the time. Yeah, she, she likes it too. Um, and then she gets beat up so bad that she stands up and explain this transformation for me, babe. She stands up. Her eyes roll the back of her head. Her eyes roll the back of her head and get all milky white. Asa Timberlake and Undertaker. The back of her skull slowly splits open. Hair falls into her face. And Gabriel's on the back of her head the whole time. Just like her skull opens up to show Gabriel. And like her like feet and like her arms are like double jointed, I guess, in a way where she's able to like, like where Gabriel, when he's in control, has like slightly backwards but slightly forwards like control which is like super cool with how like they were like when the husband was dead and they're like oh it looks like he got strangled upside down or like hanging from the ceiling his hands were backwards very cool and like this is the best shit because like they do extended fight scenes with, with this choreography and like having to have like a weird like head apparatus on like the stunt person and it looks great like honestly so she well, Gabriel goes through all of the ladies in the prison cell. Including, so, like, most of them that weren't, like, being beat to There her. was, like, two of them that were bullying her. And she kills 20 of them. She kills all of them. And then, finally, as she's killing the last one, the guard comes. And I'm like, you probably shouldn't be able to kill that many people before you get a guard. And then she kills the guard, too. And, and takes the keys. And, like, kills through the precinct. And 
her killing through the precinct is super cool. The precinct is like, because it's supposed to be taking place like downtown Seattle. The precinct is like this corner building on the street. So it's like diagonal or not diagonal, but it's like super angular. But then it has like the like mid-century modern like circular designed windows. It's a very cool precinct. And Gabriel gets his stuff back and does not end up seeing the like forensic lady. Um, and Sydney's calling Detective K and is like, "Hey, this is what's up." Like Gabriel's, Gabriel's on the back of her head, and also her mom is the Jane Doe, the lady that fall, fell through her ceiling. I forget how they figure that out. It's obvious. If yeah, fair. I don't think you need to be a detective to figure that out, but so he's like, oh, shit, shit's going down here. I gotta go. There's gunshots in the precinct. And then once... Probably unrelated. Once Gabriel's, like, the, like, outfit and, like, the knife starts doing, like, hardcore, like, Matrix-style, like, gunkata, like, using desks for cover, like, jumping off of, like, pillars, like, fucking, like... Throwing chairs Phoenix and or killing something. people. It's so cool. It's such a cool fight scene. And, like, it's, like, not, like, super cut up. It's, like, pretty, like, long shots, too. So it, like, looks like they choreographed this very well. Like, grabbing people's arms while they have shotguns and, like... Or they're all puppets. No, that was not the puppets at that point. Like, the head maybe was, like, a puppet. But, like, the kicks and the stabs weren't puppets. Do you think the part where he was jumping off the fire escape was a puppet? No, that's something that, like, you can do. You just, like, maybe, like, green screen the ground a little bit. <laughs> but it's great. And um, it looks great. Like has like the knife because <laughs> like this was an attempt to make like an iconic villain, and like it's like oh like like this if this came out at the same time as like Rosemary's Baby, this would be like an iconic. Yes, it would have been so freaking cool as like a foundational horror movie. That's what it wants to be. Like in one of the Purge movies, like there's this character like that was like. I wanted to make a black Freddy Krueger. Okay. It's kind of weird, but it works. Like, it's a good motivation. Yeah, like, it would have been, like, a fun about it. I want to hear more of your thoughts. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh. But, yeah. So, her sister comes to try and help, like, Sydney. And oh, the because part. they're like, oh, she's going to the hospital. She has to be going after her mom. Oh, so going to the hospital. And the two detectives five right barely um so oh this is my favorite part though i forgot about my favorite part already so um so the two detectives get pretty beat up and they're like the only ones that have survived like the two detectives that we know and the cute forensic girl are the only ones that seem to have survived in the whole precinct and so um the cute forensic favorite part (laughs) it's my favorite part forensic girl comes out from where she was hiding and sees them and is like I'm gonna call for help and starts dialing 911 and she's like why am I calling 911 she would just be calling them and they're all dead <laughs> the detective was like no call the paramedics and it was my favorite part in the whole movie the, the um there, well, like black lady character Reese or Morgan whatever it is um Moss um, is the one who actually like drives him off and like gets wounded. So like um, Kikoa is the one that like, and then we get to the hospital where a, a security guard 
tries to stop Sydney. So Sydney is trying to rush in. To, oh, I was going to stop you. You get to do it. That's my second favorite part. Immediately following my first favorite part. That at the very tail end of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so Our cat Sydney. looks so pissed off at us. <laughs> You'll have to post a picture of her earlier. Um, Sydney. Sydney goes to the hospital because she knows that's where Gabriel slash Maddie slash Emily is going. And the um police officer standing guard is like, you can't come in. Nobody's allowed. And she's like, no, just call Detective Keiko. It's going to be okay. Like, I need to be here. He'll explain everything. She's like, it doesn't matter. And then his pacemaker starts glitching out. He's like, it feels like my pacemaker is on fire. And then it explodes out of his chest. My pacemaker's on fire. How about yours? Hey, <laughs> So he's dead. So Sydney goes into the hospital room. I love how the electrokinesis powers are never explained. Just also has the power of electrokinesis. It's so cool. And like, if they had just said once that they electro, they were using electroshock therapy, it would make sense. They did, I think, in the first thing, like, <laughs> oh, like he's not affected by it anymore. That's all they said. Um. So getting too strong. <laughs> just like first. I'll bleep that out. So, no, I won't. You can't mute out the thing that I'm laughing about because I'm just laughing. You can. Uh, then, um, Sydney gets to the to the mom, Serena, not her mom, but like uh, Maddie's birth mom, and then uh, we see that now Gabriel shows up, and um, then does the detective, but the detective um gets hit by the knife and knocked out basically in the hallway and um Sydney gets slashed but like not too badly but like gets the gun and then the mom Serena's like I never should have given you up I'm so sorry blah blah, blah. like you're both my children like you're my son Gabriel I'm so sorry uh and that is actually I think when Kiko shows up like yeah, after it's totally Sydney working like Serena's like I'm so sorry I love you you're my baby I shouldn't have given you up and like it makes um Gabriel pause. And it's almost like it's gonna work. Like the power of love is gonna work. And then the stupid cop shows up and ruins it. And gets like knifed into the hallway, but not dead, just like it's so much pain he can't do anything. And, and like Sydney gets the, a gun. the second well, the second the, the, Gabriel throws like the second hospital bed at her and traps her under the wall and is gonna shoot her. And she's just like begging Maddie, and it's like Maddie, I know you can hear me. Like, listen to me, listen to me. And she like cracks her knuckles and like, like resolute. But Gabriel blows the brains out, <laughs> and then goes and kills. Him. Yep. The uh, end. The end. <laughs> Rewinds out. <laughs> but really, Maddie has taken back control. And her and Gabriel share the same brain, so they have the same powers. She made Gabriel see that because she has a, more power, actually, body. And locks him in a prison cell in her mind. After saying, like, you got power by, like, being away from my sister because of my abusive husband and also by eating my fetuses. Yes, which I feel like they did not need to explicitly say that he was getting the power from her fetuses. Like, I feel like that was implied. Yeah, he got back enough after not being around the sister that he was able to like 
siphoned power from oh, her. Oh, and they they say that like the whole the the per, the whole reason why he reemerged was because was from when the Derek. husband Derek when Derek bashed Maddie's head into the wall. But also because like she couldn't see her sister and like have that love right to walk it out. So then the movie ends with Sydney and Maddie hugging. Because Maddie has super strength now. Right, Maddie has super strength, so she can pull the bed back up off of Sydney. Gabriel could throw it, then she can pick it back up. And then the movie ends with them hugging, and it's feel good, and it's wholesome. And then the light is... So even though this movie was not what I wanted, I still got my wholesome, happy horror movie ending with the tinge of something scary. That's all I ever want. I guess James Wan had a graphic novel called Malignant Man. The end to tell people no, it's not like a superhero movie. This is a horror, but yeah. Um, I think that synopsis does as much as we can for our thoughts of the movie. We just have so much. This is a messy episode of Copyright of Me, but uh, in in the best way, in a this movie way, I think. Wait, you need to have your dissertation on how it's Toku now. Oh, it's Toku because it's fucking dope. <laughs> Ask for the answered. You saw those fight scenes. That was a person doing physical fight scenes and like with cool special effects, makeup, practical effects. Like that's Toku enough. There are plenty of Toku that like it's maybe like low in the amount of effects, but there's puppetry and stuff. There were several puppeteers listening to credits for like when that like the like child Gabriel had like the fully formed like chest and face and stuff, and like it's more of a mask, I guess, when it's like slash like head thing because they also have like the head of the other actors it looks great um honestly like it's all well choreographed and like well affected out um and yeah so if you didn't want to see this movie you've now heard everything about it and i bet you want to see it now yeah i can't imagine not wanting to see this movie after like us talking about what a wild ride it is i love this so much this is the perfect end of the summer don't get a hot dog ice cream. Just watch this movie. Well, like, <laughs> get like separately hot dog. Don't separately get hot dogs ice cream. Don't together or separately get hot dogs ice cream. Watch this movie. <laughs> um, it is definitely a little gross out. Like definitely. Um, but yeah. Um, I think that this is the right amount of dumb and camp and silly. Like this will make you think of like a good like pre saw horror movie that would be wait played. jake abel was the abusive husband who's jake abel i know but i don't know so open the wikipedia page. supernatural adam yes but who was he before that because he's something on disney channel that i care about i'm number that. four strange wilderness true love no go to tv he was somebody on disney channel that Sweet i Life, Zach and cody oh no i was like what episode um was he really just go figure oh maybe that's what i said she shoots, she scores, she accessorizes. Um, another life. Okay, I don't know, but yes, he is. He's like little, like Sam and Dean's little brother. Yeah, he's like something. He's in the Percy Jackson movies. He's in the host. Maybe is that it? Oh, he's in the host. We should watch the host. That's probably Toku's. Jake Abel as Ian. Ian's the one that I. <laughs> oh, he's the one that does the stuff. <laughs> That hits her. He's on the poster. <laughs> He's the one that hits her. He's on the poster right there. Well, the host is a different take on this. 
really tofu sauce. Oh no, it's not. We I just got a letter. We just got a letter. No, stop! I'm still healing. Okay. Yes, Blue's Clues is also Toku. <gasps> Blue's Clues is Toku. But Blue's Clues is Toku. Stay tuned for our upcoming podcast. Okay. Um. Uh, speaking of staying tuned, what's up? So we have a couple things that we like to do before we end the episodes here. Um. So let's go. Who are our three favorite characters? What is our best feature design? And and what was our best fit? So first. My three favorite characters were <laughs> the cute forensic lady. Yes. Um, the cute forensic lady, the security guard whose pacemaker exploded, and the lady in prison that was wearing my jacket. Okay. Um, I liked Gabriel. <laughs> Gabriel is the most just unabashed, let's just make one of these villains. I've seen in a while. Um, I liked Detective Moose, Morse, Megan, whatever her name was, the stereotypical like black lady detective who was like, ah, I'm disgruntled. It's all right. I'm kind of quirky. Yeah. Um, Then I liked, hmm, guess I probably either no one or have to pick. You have to pick. I kind of like the mom, honestly. Like Serena, the like she knew her, her role. Mom. She super was just like, "Oh, this is nice." She seemed fine with everything going on. Uh, what was your favorite like design for something? I think there's only like two. The moment when he's killing the first man doctor, so Jr. Like, yeah, the one that looks like Jr. When he's on top of him in the bed and the his feet are backwards, I think that's my favorite design moment. I like the first like five minutes seeing what is very clearly like a Watu like style like, oh what this is in this movie. This is like full on like a horror design for like the thing, like the child full like parasitic twin situation they have going on. It's like it's probably a problematic trope. Yeah, you know. Like, I don't directly link it in a way. I'm sorry if that is, but as presented, it's just kind of camp. Um, and then what? what's your favorite outfit? The one that the, the princess outfit, her princess outfit, Sydney's princess outfit, when she comes into the hospital and meets Detective Keiko for the first time and she's on her lunch break from party. Party. Party City family party. Um, I guess I like um, how they gave the detective like he got like a lot of like subtle patterns like his like striped like dress shirt and like his like more dappled jacket like he always had like something like going on that was like a character trait i guess it was like let's just give him something so he can just have like slightly patterned clothes like derek's outfit was very derek <laughs> yeah we both said derek there <laughs> that is true <laughs> oh Okay. Um, so pretty soon there's going to be uh, episode 99, which is uh, on next Friday, which is the end of our look at Kevin Rudder, typically for me and Steph. So that is episodes 43 through 48. That is the end. And we also decided between Kevin Rudder Kiva and Hikona Sentai Akiba Ranger for what our show that we cover for the fall is. The week after that, there will be 
episode 100 of Common Ride with me, where me, Steph, and Kopsake Senpai are going to look at the original Gojira 1954, uh, the Japanese version, not the Raymond Burr 1954 like change version. So that is the next couple weeks. And then from there, we're going to get to start off our fall season, which is very fun because we get to start whatever we pick for the book club cast and also a year of uh, whatever we pick for the Greywell uh, cast, which was going to be revised, but whole blackface scandal kind of put us in place where we, we weren't sure. So we're like testing some stuff out. It might still be revised, but right now it's blank and go kind. Uh, and, and then on the 20th, we'll have the next episode of In the Name of the Moon, I'll podcast you, where we will be looking at episodes 21 through 25 of the Sailor Moon anime and episode six and seven of pretty guardians and also uh there might be some special stuff come october for the feed and uh with that honey is there anything hey want to plug or... um you can follow me on twitter at ali sorrow you can follow me on twitter at james forge you can follow the podcast at common ride with me on twitter and instagram there's commonrefree.com for episodes and articles. Scrubrefree.com slash episodes for episodes with links to different services for how to find them and, and the uh, short links for players. There's commonrefree.com slash merch where all of our merch goes to uh, the uh, Trevor Project. And also, with that, we are trying to get more five-star reviews. I know that literally not a lot of you have gone through and done that, and we'd like w- way more of those, which is why at 15... 25, 35, etc. There are, are going to be some uh, merch giveaways uh, right now. Uh, I actually got two of those juicy camarader like game key, and one is going to one of the people who rated up. And yeah, what should we leave them with, honey? Have a parasitic foot if you can help it. Don't have a parasocial one either. <laughs>